Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. This is my dad, Ted. Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Knightsky. This week, I want to do some smart thinking about the power of supporting others and their reflection. I want you to use some reflective questions to reinforce expectations, values, and their success. Now, all of this comes from a great conversation I was having with a leader this week who was stuck and struggling with motivating people around them to get to a level of success that allowed all of them to be engaged. Now, by our nature, we are risk-averse when it comes to asking questions and inquiring about others' success. Americans, we're pretty good at asking questions with little purpose, but just to acknowledge the other person. Questions like, how are you doing? Hey, you good? What's up? No one answers, and no one's asking who's ever actually wanting an answer. So what would happen if you created a culture of inquiry where you actually wanted to hear the response, where the answer informed an alignment to what we need in order to be successful, questions that sparked opportunities for leaders to further support people? It's actually easy. It's easier than you think. However, it comes from developing a habit of being inquiry-based as a leader and not judgment and quick-fix-it-based. Inquiry is a positive and proactive way to approach just about everything. And too often we sit around wondering, and then as a result, we find ourselves unable to see what's actually occurring. Remember, a leader is anyone with influence, which is all of us, and the two greatest behaviors of a leader are an ability to empathize with those in front of you and to be personally reflective in your own actions. As we go through our days, we cast judgment by our nature, and as a result, we talk ourselves into believing those judgments. Those are called narratives. Once we have solidified the narrative in our own mind, we usually find ourselves looking for the evidence to prove ourselves right, especially on that story that we've contrived. And I read a ton about behavioral and leadership psychology and have learned to identify those narratives. And then what I do is I find myself beating them back through questions that I have for myself. Now, I'm going to share with you a few processes in order to help you to help you grow and support those around you. A few of these will be reviews for very long-time listeners, and altogether, these processes will be powerful and allow you to run into the rain and take on the storms that you're facing. It all starts with you wanting to be curious. And a couple of years ago, another TED reminded me of this important concept. If you've not watched the show on Apple TV called Ted Lasso, well, you absolutely have to, because you're missing out. It's a show filled with leadership, lessons on empathy, and more importantly, the simple concept that we all make a difference with our influence. You could watch the entire series and constantly see these beautiful characters all eventually running into the storms that they're facing. However, in one episode, there's an amazing idea that is brought up, curiosity, and how those who lack it will find themselves in a bind. Now, the scene starts in an English pub where a divorced couple with a great deal of animosity meet up on accident, and then a third character, Ted, decides to step in and support his friend Rebecca from her vindictive and maniacal ex-husband, Rupert. After multiple insults are thrown at both Ted and Rebecca from Rupert, Ted decides to step in and white knight to defend Rebecca's honor and challenge Rupert to a dart game. The scene cuts to the moment where Rupert is sure to win because Ted needs to hit two tripled 20s and one bullseye. 
Now, if you don't play darts, that doesn't make any sense. But let me tell you this. It's very difficult to do. And then what happens is Ted steps to the line with his darts and he looks at it and he confidently says, guys, have underestimated me my entire life. And for years, I've never understood why. It used to really bother me. But then one day I was driving my little boy to school and I saw a quote by Walt Whitman. It was painted on the wall and it said, be curious, not judgmental. I like that. Then he throws a triple 20. So I get back in my car and I'm driving to work and all of a sudden it hits me. All them fellows that used to belittle me, not a single one of them was curious. You know, they thought they had figured everything out about me. So they judged everything and they judged everyone. And I realized that their understanding me, who I was, had nothing to do with it. Because if they were curious, they would have asked questions. Questions like, have you played a lot of darts, Ted? Then he throws another triple 20. And then he follows it up by saying this, to which I would have answered, yes, sir. Every Sunday afternoon at a sports bar with my father from the age of 10 until I was 16 when he passed away. Ted pauses for a moment and says, barbecue sauce. And he hits a bullseye. It's one of the most emotional moments I've ever experienced watching television. I cried, laughed, and rewatched it over and over again because there's a simple lesson. If the other man had been curious, if the other man had inquired, if the other man had been empathetic, he would have learned a little bit more about Ted Lasso before he decided to take him on in a game of darts, a high-stake game of darts. The point is that as leaders, we have to be curious, and we have to inquire with intentionality and purpose. And then, most importantly, we have to listen. Listen for the opportunities being presented to us and listen for the opportunities to serve and lead others. Now, a story. It's about Megan and I. When my wife Megan and I were ready to have children, we talked a lot about what type of parents we were going to be. We grew up in extremely different households and we were also very different types of teachers. It worried us both that we wouldn't be good parents because we were afraid we would have too much conflict between us on how to discipline and how to reinforce and what to expect. It worried us. It worried that we would not be good partners on the adventure of supporting our kids as they aged. We actually read a couple of books on parenting and talked a lot about it. We talked to other people who were parents. And when we would go for walks when she was pregnant with our first child, Charlie, we would talk about how we were going to raise our kids. We said that we wanted them surrounded by family. We started to set goals. We wanted traditions like Sunday dinner. And we wanted them to be loved and understood. We wanted them to have a voice. Now, 20 years later, I'll let my kids answer if that is what we provided for them, but I would tell you that they grew up in a curious household and we actually had a process for it. And that's what I want to share with you because I learned through this process that just by asking, I was actually teaching them what we were expecting. You see, once we started to drop the kids off at school and childcare and everything else, we found them out of our presence for hours at a time and Mom and I, Megan, we were very curious about their days. We decided that every night and as often as possible, we would ask them three questions to help us both reinforce our expectations, but more importantly, hear what they did all day long. Now, before I share with you the questions, I want to share with you the consequences. I mean, consequences in a good way. You see, these questions provided us the opportunity with our children to learn about their day and then coach guide and mentor them as they share details from their day. A consequence to that was that they left us reflecting about what we had said. And this then led them to asking us more questions about their day or their week or what they were facing and what was going on. 
It sparked conversations. It allowed Megan and I to coach our kids. It allowed us to problem solve. It allowed us to model conflict and resolutions. They would follow up with us and share the results because we had built a process in for it. So we might have a difficult conversation the night before about someone picking on them or them not feeling confident or not knowing how to advocate for themselves. And then the next night, what did you learn? Well, I learned that what you said worked or I learned what you said didn't work. Very little wondering on our part as parents because they had invited us into their narratives. Now, here is the Knightsky family reflection process to support curiosity and empathy. And some of you who've seen me in person have heard these questions before. Megan and I actually talked about what it is that we value before we had kids and what we wanted most as parents and what we wanted to support our partnership as mom and dad, as well as in our marriage. Now, I realize that sounds weird, but as a woman I was at a business dinner with the other day said to me, you really scare me with how intentional you are. Okay, our process, and many of you have heard this before. Each night while we were having dinner when they were little and in middle school and in high school, and now in college, if we get the opportunity to be together, we would get the kids ready to go. Now, when they were little, we'd throw them in their booster seats. And as soon as we started to eat, we would ask them to describe for us the family's core values. Value number one, well, tell us something you learned today. It's not a question. It's a statement. Heck, it's actually a demand or a command. It's wide open. And as a result, Megan and I learned an incredible amount about our children. Grace was maybe five years old and she shared with us how she could always tell which way was north if she got lost in the forest and how she could do that by simply just running her hands on the bark of a tree. Or when Charlie was four and shared with us his definition of heaven. In middle school, we'd hear about math and science and current events and teachers and kids at school and things they learned in summer, things they saw on television, hear about their interests. We didn't care what they learned. We just wanted to know that they were learning. Sometimes it was about Star Wars. Sometimes it was about a Disney show. We didn't care. Each time, as parents, it allowed us to support their learning and then fill in the gaps. We would hear very early where they were finding success and faltering, and we would then be able to support and respond. Respond and reflect. And it was critical. The core value here is learning. And this question arises even today with our two adultish children. The second value was assessed each day with this question. Tell us how you help someone. We always followed up learning with service to others. I don't have enough time to share all the ways my children help their classmates, grandparents, neighbors, us, nonprofits, anybody, the food pantry. I can tell you, however, that they grew up knowing they'd be accountable for this answer every night at the dinner table. A key part of frequent and consistent inquiry and curiosity is that others begin to anticipate it and look for it as well as try to satisfy it and get it accomplished before they see you. They find themselves intrinsically motivated to complete service and be helpful. When we went to parent-teacher conferences, and even when we go now, the first thing we ask is, do our children demonstrate good character? We then listen for examples of them serving, being kind, and being helpful. And the value here is service. Now, the last daily inquiry is, Tell us something funny that happened. <laughs> Started with learning, discussed helping, and ended with joy. Joy and laughter. I mean, the things our children shared over the years that happened in their lives at school, on the playgrounds, on the bus. I mean, the amount of characters we learned about at our table and the ways in which we laughed was incredible. But it also allowed us to help them navigate the weirdness of what was and what wasn't funny, what was cruel versus what was kind. It was beautiful. It was awesome. 
And I can't tell you any of the stories they told me (laughs) because they're all confidential. All right. So that means the last value in our household was humor and joy. Now, Megan and I would also participate. Weirdly, we never thought about sharing our day with them. We wanted to hear about them. But this is where additional learning would take place because the kids grew curious about us. And they would ask us, all right, Dad, what's something you learned? How did you help someone? And when they were younger, we would sit a little extra at the table and share the lessons of our days. And it would build our family's empathy, a family-wide empathy for what we were all doing. I mean, I was a young father and a principal, and my wife was a teacher, and she still is a teacher, and every day provided us learning, service, and laughter. And most of my joy came from that dinner table every single night. Okay, smart thinker, I hope you've been thinking about how you can intentionally create this type of process in your world. Now, here's how I would start. I'd start thinking about where you need to do it, whether that's at home, in the halls, at school, at work, in the boardroom, wherever. I would look at what you have for values in your organization, what you expect from your team or your family or your students, and then create three to four guiding questions to ask every time you interact. It becomes a habit. I even did it when I was a soccer coach. I'd ask the kids at halftime, hey, how did we do winning every first ball? How did we demonstrate a positive mental attitude out there when things didn't go our way? And kids would answer, and then they would model for others. And then the other players would see my enthusiasm and what I reinforced, and they would work towards that. And then, voila, they'd all be doing it. In your setting, how do you do it? Now, let me give you a couple of examples of those questions. When you interact with other people, hey, tell me how you led today. Tell me how you were engaged today. Tell me how you demonstrated empathy in your leadership today. Tell me how you failed and recovered. And tell me you met your purpose. And how? These curious questions are measuring leadership, engagement, curiosity, risk, and purpose. We spend too much time trying to figure out how to give feedback, evaluation, performances, sort people by their skills and their deficits, and not enough time being curious. Leadership is about recognizing your influence on and for others. Being purposeful only accelerates that in your work and makes them better quicker. I took up a habit in my leadership about seven years ago that allows me to constantly inquire to determine how people truly are doing. Every conversation I end with those that I serve alongside, I always end it the same way. What can I do for you? At first, most people were polite and said things like, oh, nothing. No, I'm fine. Thank you very much. I just appreciate you asking. Then, after people on the other end of the phone call or conversation constantly being asked the same question and it being repeated in every interaction with me, constantly and for years, people began to anticipate it. Again, proving that your consistency and curiosity will lead others to the results you need them to have. It was proved to me one day a few years ago when I was on the phone with an amazing colleague of mine named Kathy. Kathy and I were talking and after about a year or so of working together and talking every few months on the phone and me always closing out our conversation the same way, what can I do for you? Well, She finished sharing with me on this last conversation that we needed to talk about, and she decided that it was time to finally answer the question. So when I said, is there anything I can do for you? This time, unlike all other times, she said, I knew you were going to ask. I was waiting for it. So I prepared a list of things you could do for me. 
for me, unfortunately, the question was being received more like a, how are you doing? Because no one ever responded than what I had truly intended. So I was surprised. And when she went through a list of three things I could do to support her team, I pulled over, I started writing it all down, and I loved it. And now every time I talk to her or any of her teammates, they're usually ready with additional areas I can support them. And it's very rewarding for me to have that question answered. So here's the reflection for you. How intentional and consistent are you in your curiosity with those you, you serve, whether those are kids, colleagues, anybody? What is your process and how often are you making sure that you ask the correct questions so that those you serve are on the right track? You can continue to run around with a weird narrative or you can begin to have the story told to you accurately and honestly by people who are actually in the story. So let's do some smart thinking. Describe your process to support regular reflection. List the people in your circles that would benefit from you consistently inquiring. And describe how you can apply this in your world. That's it. That's the Smart Thinking Podcast. Hey, as always, thank you for listening. And please make sure to rate and share this episode on your platform. The podcast continues to grow, and I really appreciate it when you share feedback with me and send the questions to me. Also, thank you to the Well Pennies for their great music. As we close out, I want to share something that I was proud to be a part of, a video to spark reflection for all those around us, a video that supports curiosity and inquiry and reflective thinking. I put the link in the description of the podcast so you can just quickly click on it and watch it. And you can hear the instrumental cover of Tears for Fears that the Well Pennies donated for the project. You see, last spring we were trying to figure out how to support empathy for all that goes on in a school. I sat down with our communications director, Jan, and I wrote out every single scenario I'd experienced working with people in schools. I say people because in the video you will see how kids and adults all live their lives every day in different ways and how we have victories and hurdles in our lives. It helps empathy. It sparked curiosity. And heck, it's been supporting a lot of schools. I want you to watch the video and reflect on why it's so important for us to be curious as leaders. Why it is so important for us to be empathetic in our leadership. And more importantly, why we should always be reflecting. Leadership. Leadership is a gift. A gift that we each are given in an effort to change the world around us. And this week, I want you to be intentional and start asking everyone the same question. Now you figure out what that question is. But it should be a question that reinforces a shared value. Like learning, love and service, engagement, whatever. And each time... Put it on the person to explain how they have done it. Then walk away with a better understanding of who and how you serve others each day and what you need to do in order to help others charge into the storms that they're facing. All right, as promised, this season we're going to end each episode with a song for you to listen to. And this week's song is a fun one by Luis Lately. And it's called Drive. I love the lyric. So what if I don't know where the drive ends. I'm always waiting for it, that special something that I've never seen, but I'll know it when I find it. My eyes are always stuck on that big horizon out there glowing like a neon colored dream. And people tell me that I'm young and maybe dumb and I don't have to have it.